Hello and welcome to episode 57 of Wing Sauce, the Mitch Callahan edition. He was the That's only one, I guess. Um, he may have worn it for like four or five games, but whatever. Um, he still wore it, so I guess we'll give it to him. Um, yeah. How's it going, boys? Dustin Connor, how are we feeling? It's going well. Uh, it'd be better if we could figure out the video aspect of Zencaster, but it's all right. Hopefully, we'll figure it out. And actually, Tyler, he wore it for five games. Boom, boom. He did. He did quite an extent though in Grand Rapids. Yeah, retire um, the number. Retire the number. Uh, but Connor, how you doing, bud? Not too bad, not too bad. And speaking of Grand Rapids, Tyler, you were watching some AHL hockey, weren't you? Oh, yeah. Pretty recently? Yeah, you'll tell us a little bit more yep. about that. But uh, before you do that, let me tell you, yeah, I am good. I uh, appreciate you asking, Dustin. Tyler always just says Dustin and Connor, and then I never know who goes first. So I just let, I just like don't say anything until you say something. So I'm glad that you <laughs> always you always go first. <laughs> but I'm good. I'm ready for some warm weather. I think I've, I've, had, I've had enough of the winter. I'm at that that mindset. I think that's a lot of people oh, at the end we, of February. Yeah, yeah, we and, all are. Yeah, it's like all right, all right. We we've, we've got uh, dumped on with snow. We've had the really extreme cold weather. People have had a chance to play pond hockey if you want. You you know the NHL is on, so uh, I, I'm ready for the warmth in, in spring. I mean, spring is a great great season, um, so I'm looking forward to that. So on the snow, uh, Tyler's been in my house, and I have two driveways. One of them's gravel, one of them's cement. So the gravel one, I didn't feel like shoveling. And the other day, I come out and my neighbor decided to make an ice pile in in front of my second driveway. Nice. No. Yeah. yeah. How? What? Wait. How? By shoveling his driveway into my driveway. Oh, yeah. what a dick! And then just like letting it uh, melt letting from it the sun a little bit and then freeze. <laughs> oh, yeah, what yeah. an asshole! Right? And it's just like you, you expect me to say again. It's luckily you have a truck. It's not like you're driving the Tesla out of there. Well, no, the, I was thinking about parking the truck, you know, kind of cockeyed and him come out. I'm like, why'd you park like that? Well, my, my driveway is blocked. <laughs> it's like, well, I didn't have a choice because you blocked me in. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, luckily, I'm sure he's a listener, so he'll, he'll hear this. Yeah, let's, let's hope <laughs> so, right? Um, but yeah, speaking of pond hockey, uh, you know, Lake Tahoe, let's just mm. jump right into that, I think. Great segue. Um, yeah. Actually, I'll let you guys. I, I so actually, I'll start. I was going to let you start, but I'll explain. I'll start um, <laughs> with the. Uh, <laughs> I will start. Um, there, we had a bunch of stuff going on this weekend, so I, as everybody knows, like we're doing the remodel on the house, and we're like trying to. We had to get painting done uh, at a specific time before we had some help coming over. So I was like, ah, shit, this sucks. I'm going to miss the first period, but then it'll be done. And I, I'm, I'm good for the rest of the day. <laughs> and as we know, the first period ended and uh, <laughs> then I didn't get to see the rest of the game uh, because I didn't stay up till midnight. So that's why I wanted to wait and defer to you guys because you guys watched the first period. I wanted to see your thoughts. Obviously I saw replays. I saw all the, uh, the different video they had on NBC and all that good stuff. But how was it watching live? I mean, the scenery was unbelievable. Oh. Obviously, ice had had some issues, but what's your guys' take? So I'll I'll start. You know, just just the them playing right there on the lake, the rink itself, gorgeous. It kind of reminded me, like not the rink per se, but the feel of it. Uh, growing up, my neighbor had a ice hockey rink that in the summer was a like a horse 
Mm, yeah. Jumping thing. Yeah. But in the wintertime is ice hockey. And it kind of just reminded that just, you know, that, that cold outside field, you know, there's no stands. It's more intimate. Um, it, it, it was awesome looking. Uh, I, I wish they could have played during the daylight, but with that sun, it's just, it's just rough. Yeah. And, and Tyler, I want to hear your thoughts, but then I got a question for both of you after on, on the same time. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, I, I had to, I had to work yesterday. We're, we're recording on a Sunday, uh, as we usually do. But, uh, so yesterday would have been the first outdoor game. Um, and what, what time was the puck? Uh, three o'clock, three o'clock. Three. So I got out of work at three o'clock, drove an hour and a half to Ludington, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, after the first period, I, I told Olivia, as soon as I walked into the house, I go, you know, I said hi to the in-laws, hi to everybody. All right, I'm going to eat some food and please turn on the game. And, um, they, uh, I assumed that it was just during intermission because everyone was talking and yep. I'm like, all right, this, this is a gigantic intermission. What is going on? And then I saw oh. that the, the game is resuming at, mid, uh, at midnight. So I go, oh, uh, okay. So I didn't watch any of this game and, uh, I saw, I saw highlights obviously, but then, um, I just decided, you know what? My in-laws don't have, uh, Fox sports Detroit. And so I just watched, um, on, on the local channel, they had AHL hockey. So I watched the Griffins. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. So I guess being the only person that actually watched the game, live. um, <laughs> yeah, li- live, uh, it's it, so starting out, you know, watching, watching the skating, you could tell a slushy, uh, so much snow getting kicked up in the corners. A lot of it, a lot of them just falling down. Wasn't really, you know, clean. Um, the other thing I noticed was the fact that Grubauer had the sun blaring in his eyes. I mean, yeah. I, I'm talking, it, it was interesting because at some point during the intermission, there talks about him wearing sunglasses or trying that out during practice to see if that was an option. But I was thinking, how, who who decided who got the sun in their eyes the longest? Like that, that just seems like a, the bad stick pull. You know, I know it's right. the, it, it was the away team, I'm assuming. Um, no, the home team. No, I I don't know how they set it up honestly because it, it's a neutral spot. So, yeah. I mean, I I really don't know how they worked that out. A flip of a coin, but uh, yeah, yeah, Connor, it, it was when it would have been awesome to see them play in the daytime. Um, beautiful, beautiful weather, sun shining. It was cool seeing all the f- um, fans in the water. It was kind of interesting to look at that yeah. being those thirty wait, degrees. Wait. Can, can we talk about the wings fan on the jet ski? Yeah, yeah, so stoner. yes, stoner. Oh my god! I, I want to get so back I, to my question now at some point, but I want to talk about stoner, obviously too. No, not allowed. <laughs> no, no questions for you. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I caught that early on. That was like one of the first things I noticed when they were announcing, mm-hmm. um, announcing the the guests of honor. I guess. Um, yeah. The puck the different. Or, or... One more time, Connor. Like the the people who dropped the puck, or who who were they announcing? Uh, they were announcing like me- medical per- personnel. Oh, got it, got it. Okay. Yeah, and that's why that's why I noticed the uh, the stoner in the background with the Red Wings flag. <laughs> it's so uh, great. Yeah, that was wing, awesome. wing was nuts like, are everywhere. Yeah, it was like watching one a baseball game at um, where do they have the baseball game where it's like the home runs can get? It's not San Diego or isn't it? Sa- is it San Francisco? Yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, it's like you have the kayakers out there, and I guess I don't know. Are they waiting for pucks here at this game, or are they just trying to get a feel for the ice? <laughs> uh, one guy was going to take a plunge if he got a jersey into that no. water. Oh no. my goodness. 
Wow. Well, actually, let me let me segue into my question because I think it'll be interesting. I like I love, and we're talking about the scenery and everything like that too. So I loved the game, but I wanted to get your perspective, like the the rink itself, like where it is. It's kind of isolated. It felt like it was a really cool. I don't know vibe. It looked like even watching it on TV. Um, picturesque. Yeah, very picturesque. And I don't get me wrong, I love the games at the big house at Fenway at Comerica. You know, all these. I feel like Soldier Fields probably had one. I don't know all these different outdoor games at huge venues. But I am. I don't need the fans anymore at outdoor. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I I want the coolest location. I want the in like the the most northern part of Canada. Put me in the uh, like random parts of alaska i even i don't even care just put me in like in banff i I will watch the game i don't need the fans anymore every once in a while it'd be cool to bring it back into a stadium or whatever when you can get a hundred thousand fans in there but that'll be for the stadium series but for winter classic it needs to be uh, it needs to be not maybe not or whatever exactly we need we need more of that it's it yeah. goes back to the roots, man. Like the Winter Classic, the idea of it is great, but in the stadiums, man, it it's not even a great game to watch from from the TV. Even though that's the best vantage point, if you go to those games, you can't see anything that's going on. Oh, for sure. So I'm thinking, like, all right, you have you know, even in Michigan, right? You have a uh, Sault Ste. Marie, you have Marquette. There's a couple places in the Upper Peninsula which are which are great. But look at all the cool places that never get to experience hockey for the most part in uh in the northeast like maine or even north of that over in canada like in right. towards Quebec and stuff um they'd be really cool to have a couple nhl teams you know you have maybe the nhl the the family members go out there but no fans for the most part and it, you just treat it like an outdoor experience for the fa- or for the the players and we get to watch which is even cooler than being there i mean we get to watch in your own home and you get to look at all the the sweet scenery which we just experienced with this one so anyway it sounds like you guys are in a line in line there at least tyler what do you think dustin so like i mentioned to begin with you know it, it reminds me of growing up playing hockey on my neighbor's rink literally in the woods uh no fans you know trees around you it's just a different feel different sounds mm-hmm. it, it, I like the fact that you could hear the ice, you could hear the players, you could hear the refs. That's that's what I like. I like the intimate feel of hockey. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need those fans just because it, it's nice, right? Stanley Cup games, playoff games, those are awesome for fans. But those like stadium series or you know those other types of games, it's kind of nice hearing those intimate sounds of the of the game. Yeah, that's that's pond hockey, right? That you step on the ice, you hear the carving of the skates, you hear the stick taps, all that good stuff. But only thing that's you know, missing I, is beer. Yeah, which I'm sure I, right. could, I, I, I could bring some beer for the folks. <laughs> I can bring it for the team members. Right. Um, but no, that was that was good. I'm, uh, well, there's another there's another game today, what, at 7 o'clock? And 7.30. 7.30? Okay, so. Mm-hmm. Um, 10.30 our time. We'll be watching that, and that'll be cool. It's Sunday, obviously, as Tyler mentioned. But do you guys want to talk about – there's a couple of games. I, <laughs> the, the Red Wings had two different teams suit up in the past past two games against Florida. I don't know if you yeah. wanted to well, touch and, on any and, of those. And, but. <laughs> it, to be fair, the, the Panthers had two different teams suit That's up. True. That's true. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. yeah. I don't even want to talk about the, that. that where, where, where do we want to begin with this, guys? Okay. So, I mean, the first game was abysmal. There, there was no – no defense, no offense, no anything. I, I don't even think that was the Red Wings that came out to play. The no, it certainly wasn't an nope. NHL team. 
I, I think you you could have suited up every member of the Griffins and had uh any 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 one of us three behind the bench and we would have we would have put up more of a fight. It, it, it just that wasn't was good. It was a terrible game. Atrocious. Yeah. I, but oh, go ahead, Dustin. It was just ridiculous. It wasn't it like four goals in the first period. First period. Yep. And then uh, who who was it that scored? Uh, was it Bobby Bobby Ryan with with a clapper? No, I'm pretty sure it was. No, that was yesterday. Was it? Oh no, really? you're right. Yeah, I was gonna say. I don't think it was yesterday. I, I was gonna. Yeah, I, I was gonna say. Um, but yeah, uh, so so Bobby, um, only exciting at sometimes. Ryan had a hey. clapper from the point, and it was it was I'm nice. Down. It was it was nice, but uh, again, it was exciting at that time. Um, but then just taking the wind right out of the sails with when they scored their fourth goal, it just it, it was the game was over uh, when when that happened. So. But yeah, uh, we don't really need to bring up anything other than that because it was just terrible. Um, I, well, one one thing on, I guess both games. I, I, before we go on more, but the, even the first, yeah, it was the the game they lost. And, and looking at their the power play has some issues. Well, they're like zero and thirty seven right now. In My the God, past, like thirty seven power plays. Uh, you know what? That's a good point. Let me let me bring up the. Uh... I so think we, they're like 0 and 40, somewhere high 30s in their past, whatever that number is. It's really, really bad. Our power um, play is is clicking at 6.5 percent. Ooh, wow! They're they're hot. They're just heating up. Dirty. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, what I was gonna go, Zadina's got to do more. But I'm watching the power play. They even have puck control. They but they have the same thing. There he has. There's been some power plays when I'm watching. He's got like ten shots, uh, one tees from the from the uh, the half wall, pretty much like top of the circle. Every single one is either missing the net or going right at the goalie. Or like every power play that I'm watching in the NHL has more than one move, unless you're the Capitals. Even even they do, yeah. but you're not Ovechkin, Zadina. So, and it's not even really Zadina's fault. Like I, I appreciate the chances, and you want to get pucks on net. But man, their power play is so bad because they it's, only do one thing. They pass it around in the umbrella. They have a guy in front that's not even in front. And then they just take it for a one T on the half wall. And it's it's a horrible scoring opportunity because it's a terrible angle. Nobody takes it hard to the net. It's very difficult to watch. Yeah. And and I think we've discussed this before too. I'm all for getting shots on net, but please let them be a little bit of, of quality. Please. Or get somebody get somebody in front and not like right. sitting on the goal line waiting. Like again, you guys are not they're not Crosby sitting there on the on the weak side wall just waiting to like have a tap in. They're guys that need to be in front of the net and get hit with the puck possibly. Like they, you know, take a hit to make a play. That old saying, but take a hit with a puck to make a play. Uh, the the goalies are the goalies in the NHL are just too good. Everything they see, they're going to stop. Yeah. It's, you know, and, and you bring up a good point. We have, we have some, we have some players that can, they can plant their ass in front of the net and uh, it's going to make it very difficult. It's going to make the goalie's job very difficult for, for him to see the pucks. And I think that that, that would help. That's a definitely a starting point because they need to try anything. And I mean, anything to get something going because 6.5% is reprehensible and and why i was bringing that up and where i was going next is that i forget what the stat was i heard it in the last game where 
they have like uh is it like seven or eleven? One of those somewhere around there. One goal losses. One yeah, like they, they lost the game by one goal. Yeah, and it, you count on uh, special teams to win you a lot of games in the NHL. The man advantage, and, absolutely. And so, like that's one. And and, and uh, two points really. That's if you get one goal. I'll, even half of those games, like the whole game changes if you can score on the power play. And then second of all, those seven or 11 games or whatever that is, that's not including the games where they had to pull the goalie and they scored in an empty net. So there's really more games than uh, than just those that I was talking about that are like more in the two-goal game range. But right. anyway, I digress on that. I just think their power play has got to pick it up because in the NHL, you count on special teams a lot. It's, um, and, yeah. and some of the smaller – some of the smaller facts, you know, the penalty kill, penalty kill is not doing horrible. And luckily you have Glenn Denning leading the league in faceoffs percentage and wins. So, because, yeah, so that helps as, as a, as a team collectively, uh, they're fourth in the league. So it's good that they're doing that, but everything else, they, they have to get everything else up. Uh, I'm not expecting them to, to, to have a, you know, a 20% power play, you know, just, make some improvements. They've been going, they've been getting worse over the last couple of years for, for power play. Yeah, that's bad. And with better players too. And like, so exactly. I, I look, and I look at coaching there at that point and the power play has not changed. They do the same umbrella the, yep. the entire time. A 6.5% power play is a fireable offense to me. If, if I'm, if I'm looking at, at coaching, um, if you guys have a 6.5, that that's just, 10 percent's bad six percent is i have i don't have any words i don't i i you know people would expect me to be much more angry about that and and scream into the microphone i don't have the energy to do that because it's just it's 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 gotten to the point where it's sad you know it's it's not even like oh poor wings you know when are they going to catch a break no man get this guy out of here get blashell out i've said it time and time again Maybe maybe he'll do well with a with a roster that already has some pieces, but not a rebuilding team, man. I I don't see it. He's gotta go. Yeah. What do you think, Dustin? <laughs> not much more you can say probably on the power play. I mean it's, it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we've twisted the dagger, poured no, salt I mean, in the wound. No, let's just talk about the second game real quick. So the second game, I, I don't think the wings played they played better than the day before, but I don't really think they were that great because I think Florida looked like shit. Right. And and here's the thing. The uh the statistics, when you look at it on paper, Dustin, it looks like the Panthers put up a good fight, but they didn't. Not they, not comparative to the game before. No, right. they, they but I, yeah, they were bad. Their shots were outside. They didn't look like they had. They they mailed it in. It's like they partied the night before. And they were so like, and oh, I yeah, think what yeah. happened. I think what happened was they beat the shit out of the Red Wings. Right? Ooh, seven two. Ah, oh, that was easy. All right, let's go in the next game. We don't really don't oh, need to sure. skate that hard. And then that's the Red Wings thing. were like, "Well, fuck that. We're not taking a seven two ass beating again." And that's so, that's the beauty about this baseball schedule, right? You get oh, yeah. you get revenge the next night, hopefully, uh, unless you're playing Chicago and you're okay with being zero four against them. But that's you know we'll save that for another. Another time, but, Blackhawks, by the way, Jeez, uh, I, you know what? I, I will, I will eat my words. I thought that they were going to be brutal this year and I'll say it. I, I don't think they're going to make playoffs, but I think that they are surprising. They, if they had, if they, if I was a Blackhawks fan, I'd be pissed that there was those injuries because if they 100%. had, if they had a couple of pieces, like two pieces, they'd be a, a true playoff 
contending team, or yep. playoff team, not even contending I, right now. <laughs> I will. I, I mean, I, I have to give credit where credit is due. I lo- I looked at this roster, not knowing who the goalies were, not knowing where they were going to generate their offense from. Um, Patrick Kane, I believe he's he's one of the heart um, leaders right now. What am I wrong? Him it, it, him and Debrinket are both up there. Really? Are you sure? Just, oh, well, maybe, no, I mean, maybe. I have no idea. I, I'm I, what what I mean by up there is they're you know like top ten in points or whatever. Oh, okay. Um, but I I think that Kane is up there for for the heart right now. Up there with like uh, you Patrick know, Kane currently has twenty six points in nineteen games. Yeah. How many does McDavid have? Probably like thirty something. Thirty seven with another, another hat trick. <laughs> Listen, so right. him and Dry, him and him and McDryside over here, the two the, the two the, wonder yeah, twins. McDryside. Thir- yeah, thirty and thirty seven. <laughs> thirty seven and thirty respectively. Yeah. But Austin, no, Austin Matthews has been on a tear, boys. Yes, yeah, he, has. he has. Yeah, he used to he's, uh, a lot of, shut a lot of people up. Yeah, oh, he was he's not joking this year. No, I love it. But here here's the thing, guys. Um I, the, the Leafs, this is, it's just, um, it's a carousel. They, they do so well during the year and I don't know, man, I, I think that they have that, that dark ominous cloud of, uh, of playoff past looming over them. I don't don't think Freddie Anderson is going to be good enough to take them far. So if they don't beat Boston, they have a chance of making it at least out of the first round. If they meet Boston, they're fucked, dude. I, they can, they have such an issue with Boston, except the one year where the Caps beat them. But well, what happened last year? Uh, I don't recall. They, they didn't they lose to a play-in team? Yeah, they did. The Islanders or somebody like that. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Well, needless to say, every other year they made it to the playoffs. They lose to Boston. <laughs> I, 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 know, I know. No, yes, I, I know. <laughs> it's hard to say that too because Boston's been so good. But hey, wait, wait who do the Red Wings play next? They played Nashville. Yep. Yep. Nashville. Yeah, man, they, it, they look they look bad too. And if you look at the points right now, Red Wings oh. could jump in Nashville to be second well, to last. They, they already they I already were they already second. were up until last night when Nashville right. won, and they have they have three games at hand on us. Ah, that did, I wasn't going to bring that up, Kyle. Thank you. Yeah. So <laughs> I was always going to bring it up. Yeah, we we, we, have, we have we have we have stars. We have, yeah, the most games played in the division and we are sitting at a negative 25 goal differential. Just, just looks, just look terrific. <laughs> oh, man. Ottawa though, with nine points, let's beat the shit out of them real quick. Only four wins and 14 losses. You're trash, Ottawa. Well, that's expected, I guess, right? They, I think it was like. Ottawa being uh, last, and then the Red Wings being next to last overall in the entire league. Buffalo, right? though, ouch. Yeah, Buff- that's uh, I wasn't expecting that. I was well, expecting Buffalo that also was. Um, that sucks about Ristolainen too. Have you guys seen the reports yeah. on him? Yeah, man. So, so he ended up getting COVID, um, and and reports reports of of like he's he had COVID worse than like anybody. That that he knows, or like anybody in the area, or, or like of his of his age group, has had. Like he said that he's it, like it's hindered his conditioning so much, um, where he's like out of breath when he does anything remotely physical. I feel bad for the dude, man. And and the thing is, I know that th- this virus is kind of you know it, it it affects people differently. Some people can contract it and and 
they can carry symptoms and be okay. And other times it just beats the hell out of you. And he got it really bad. So I hope it doesn't affect him. Obviously, you never want to see anything like that affect anybody for for the long term. Um, but it doesn't look good, man. He's one of their top guys. And uh, I just, I. Uh, yeah, it's rough. I mean, yeah. <laughs> So it's the season we're living in right now. So it's it's a bummer. So that's why I think a lot of these teams are just you try to get points where you can get points, and that's why you, you never know when the season could stop or there could be a breakout, and then at the end of the year you're not able to make up games, and and then you're sitting a couple points back of a playoff spot. And if you just had three more games at hand, then uh, you'd be in. So uh, but there really isn't there isn't. <laughs> there's not a good situation for people like that that are missing games because you're already in a shortened season and you're a leader there. So it's just a bad situation. I mean, what what can you do? Yeah. Um, And you know, when, when it comes to uh, when it comes to fantasy hockey guys, what I'll do is I'll just, I'll send, I, I will send my roster to everybody and for the love of God, do everything opposite, opposite. of what I do yeah. because I, my team is trash. They're 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 the Red Wings. They're garbage. You follow me though. I'm about to beat the number one leader right now. Your brother. <laughs> oh, is 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 he? Uh, I, I like that foes losing. Um, it gives me so much joy. But anyway, um, but yeah, I'm I'm down by like 30 points, and my team is when you look at it on paper, it's really not that bad. But I'm getting blown out by a guy who's 0 and 4. So just yeah. Don't do anything that I do. There will be no more fa- fantasy roundups coming from me. It's going to be coming from Connor from now on. There you go. Because your boy over here, and uh, this is strictly for Max, because Max and I are listening. Happy belated, by the way. Um, yeah, 30th. Over 50 points. That's, I mean, that's rough. From a guy that's 4-0 and right now, I mean, you think you know a guy, but 50 you points. Hate, you hate to see it. You really do. You know you what? Really it's, it's it's because he's been partying too much for his thirtieth. He's been benching Pass. guys. There you go. He's, I mean, he's not in only, it mentally. The only thing that he has uh, going for him is that he has a good name, and it is Hugh sucks at fantasy hockey. Hugh again, <laughs> a weekly listener. I mean, that's rough. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he's gonna. He's the commissioner of of the league, and he's about to face a loss. To a, yeah. a first-year guy who doesn't know anything about hockey either, so and actually, that, and, that, and that's we don't have to go into it, but that serves you guys right for all the people that got that hurt got hurt by this rule change, Max, Hugh, and Tyler. You know, and they wanted this rule changed back because Hugh was changing the rules mid-season and then changed the standings and all these different mid-season. things. Mid-season, it's it's it was three weeks in, Connor. I know, and you're complaining about it. Mm-mm. Yeah, who you is? were. You, Max, and, and uh, Hugh. Because I think everybody. I, no, no, no. Everyone don't 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 put this on just us three. Everyone was, was complaining about how the goalies like you would get negative four or you'd get plus eight. No, and then we changed it, and it changed your guys's win loss record, and you guys hey, ended up. Hey, that wasn't. I I said that I'm okay with whatever anyone wants to do. I was I was on the side where you know what, if we're gonna make this change, if if everyone is okay with sticking with it, then let's do it. But um, Hugh was the one who had the ultimate decision on that. I had nothing right. to do with that. All right, all right. Well, that's fine, fine. That we've talked long enough about fantasy. We can bring Hugh on someday, sometime, and he can talk about it. <laughs> he, he, yeah, he's got to state his case. So, uh, but anyway. 
Yes. Uh, now that it's been a half hour of us rambling, uh, we should definitely mention who we had on. He was a guy who had so much to say that we had to actually uh, have two different episodes. So this is the first part of it. Uh, we're really not sure when we're going to release the second part yet. I guess that'll be up to the listeners to decide when we are going to be releasing that. But um, but yeah, Derek Rail. Uh, he played a little bit of hockey at uh, at Western Michigan back when they were the CCHA. Um, he played. I mean, he was everywhere in Europe. He played some some camps over in uh, for at Joe Louis Arena with the Red Wings. You know, Franzen, Zetterberg, DeKaiser, all those guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, guys, he he had so much to say. And we even got a little bit of uh, a little bit of a coaching aspect from him too, which I kind of liked. We haven't had that yet. It was a nice, definitely a nice change. Absolutely, I, yeah, I love that. I think the listeners will like it, and we don't get into too much. Oh, well, I guess we don't get really get into it at all on this first episode here about his uh, overseas days. But we will get into that at some point. But even his he talked a little coaching, talked a little hockey overall. It was great. We should, uh, we should throw it over to him, too. Well, you know what time it is. All right, our next guest is a homegrown hockey guy from Michigan. He played junior hockey both in the NAL and the USHL. Spent four years with Western Michigan back when they were in the CCHA a few years ago. Uh, played all over Europe for seven years with a brief stint back in the States. <laughs> Now coaches Little Caesars and won a national championship in 2019. So please welcome to the Wing Sauce Podcast, Derek Rail. Thanks for joining us, man. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. It was yeah, a man. nice intro, and uh, I appreciate the few years ago at Western. <laughs> I now, now that they're in the uh, the NCHC, it just and now this year they just came back with the CCHA. Right. Yeah, I was hearing uh, some rumbles about that. Uh, I think it was two years after I left, they joined the NCHC, mm-hmm. uh, which is a hell of a conference. I mean, oh, it's great. Yeah. It's been real entertaining hockey to watch and, and fun to follow. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the CCHA, though. Uh, I was yeah, upset man. when they got rid of it originally, but I mean, you can't really argue with the competition or what they put together. Uh, right. Years. So it's just the only thing that I'm going to miss about the CCHA is like, all of all of the teams in Michigan that there were so many rivalries like Lake Superior State, um, Northern. I mean, everyone was in that. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. There was definitely uh, some tradition and a lot of fun to watch it growing up, and then be be a part of it firsthand. So, oh yeah, I, I would say the the one thing too, though. I mean, it's kind of a benefit, but um, you kind of thought this would happen is. It, there's, I feel like hockey's growing so much, which is great in college that there had to be kind of a shuffle. You know, you, every couple of years you start seeing a new uh, Division One program come up, and you know, there, there's not that many leagues that can support it, or I guess divisions, however you want to call it. So I felt like there was some type of shuffle that was going to go on. So I'm kind of happy that it's all shaken out the way it is. I feel like the all the different uh, leagues are are actually pretty good and pretty well rounded. So I'm excited to watch it grow even further. Yeah, for sure. It's good to see it grow and good to see some some changes made for better, you know, if if there's good things coming out of it. Man, it's going to be weird to see Lawson empty, though. 
Yeah, that would be, I was just talking um, to one of my assistants about it. And uh, he actually played at Western too. I've got a couple of them on the staff, Ben Warda and Griff Molino currently. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah, we're just like, man, it would be weird to play there. I mean, cause that was such an advantage. Um, Unreal home- arena. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. It, it was, uh, the atmosphere was second to none, I think. Uh, and uh, taking those fans away. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be different, but I know Murdoch and, and Fersh, and JJ crew and, and the whole staff will have, uh, have them ready or put something in the stands to, I think they already <laughs> have some fake stuff in the stands. One of the games I see. Oh, really? Cut. Yeah. Huh. So they got pop-ups or whatever those things are called. Dude, is Murray still coaching there? He's there. Yeah. He's still Man, there. He's got to be in his seventies now. I I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I never know. He, he's kind of looked the same to me over the last, he had ever since he's been 50, he's been like 70. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's never changed. He looks like a, just an, like just leather. He always, <laughs> he's always had the same face. So I don't know yeah. if that's a good thing or bad thing, but. Oh yeah. Well, imagine being on the other end of it when he's, he's trying to tell a joke, but you're not serious. You're not sure if he's serious or not. <laughs> oh man. And now he's got that blank stare. It's, it's actually kind of intimidating, but. Oh, I bet. Not anymore. <laughs> it was back then. Not anymore. <laughs> so speaking of coaching how is everything going with you guys and caesars um it's been a uh interesting year obviously i'm sure you know um, with the other situations you've heard of but yeah we just got opened up uh i want to say last week to play games in michigan so that's actually huge i think our last game was december 15th um against victory honda so like local teams we haven't been able to play them which has been a bit of a bummer for sure. Um, now we have to jam in, I want to say, 18 or 20 games against these teams before the state tournament, which is scheduled to be the first week of April. So, unfortunately, we haven't been able to be at LCA, uh, the practice rink down at Belfour. Mm-hmm. And that's that's been you know a curveball and, and the routine and everything, but it's a minor, minor thing with everything else that's going on. Um, but – We've bounced around rinks and, and made it work and had some great help with uh, some trainers and, and yoga instructors. And they've been flexible and, and bounced around with us and found space and um, whatever they could do to get them through what they need for their development at this time. So um, tricky at times. We were on the road for the last four weeks straight. Columbus, Fort Wayne, um, Youngstown. And then Dang. Chicago. So it's been, I mean, one night, some of them we drive in to Youngstown. We drove in Saturday night, played a game, had a game Sunday morning and drove back. Um, My God. So get, getting the games in is, is obviously important for them. And, and we're going to do what we can for these guys. But it's been real frustrating. Getting those miles up on the vehicles. Oh, yeah. Professional yeah. hockey pretty much. Jeez. Seriously. Yeah, seriously. So, Derek, uh, with, with the games in Michigan um, and the state championship, are you guys allowed to have fans at those games yet, or is that still closed? So, every rink's been kind of different where, you know, you're allowed one or two person or two people, parents, whatever it is, um, to come and spectate their temperatures taken at some rinks, most rinks, actually. And I don't know what the states, I'm assuming it's going to be somewhat 
similar to a one or two person per player. Um, but there's been ranks where we've had to fill out forms and, and answer questionnaires as well and give them our name when we get there. And it, it kind of shows up on the computer. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm sure there's going to be some changes made or some things put into place before States, but um, hopefully we, we get to that point and, and these guys don't take it for granted each day. It's kind of a, it's a win every day. We're able to show up at the rink. So oh, do the kids sure. have to wear masks while they play? So now that was one of the new rules with Michigan. Um, they have to have gators or masks on during the games. Yes. Um, Whoa. <laughs> they started that early on before the shutdown. There were some refs that were, you know, strict to it. And if you didn't have – they weren't really, I wouldn't say, given penalties. or didn't get to that extent. But they like would say – Yeah, they would send you off. Um, so they want to come into every face-off – with your nose and mouth covered. So guys are scrambling and trying to cover themselves up with the gators that we got. Um, so, I mean, it, it's a, tr- that's a tricky situation too. I mean, I got a couple kids on my team with some pretty bad asthma. So shorter shifts, I'm uh, assuming. Yeah. Short shifts. Like shorter shifts. Yeah. Definitely. Double change. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I can't imagine. I struggled to breathe when I switched to a fishbowl from time to time and yeah. a mask on. Um, I don't know if I'd, I'd make it out there. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Exactly. I, I, so one of our uh, a previous, actually, he's been on a couple times, Dan Mylan. He's a coach right now. I want to say for Honda, but I'm not not entirely sure. Obviously, there's a bunch of different age groups. I was just, I was actually with him this past uh, weekend, and I was I was really surprised at uh, just the, I guess the seriousness if if that's the right word possibly i'm not exactly sure it might be wrong but like it's very it's taken very serious you know you got a player breakdown of these these rosters you're looking at where these kids are going how many points they had last year what they're you know if they're more defensive minded offensive minded is that the same i guess do you guys take the same outlook there as well i mean you're talking about this isn't professional hockey i just didn't remember that when i was growing up when i was playing yeah, um, I'm trying to look for the word that you were looking for. Uh, <laughs> it's like, D- Derek's writing it down right now. That's Honda's strategy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. I'm like a bug. No, hang on. <laughs> um, no, I would say um, it's not a bad thing. You know, no, you, no, want, you want no, the kids. I would say it's more. Yeah. It's more overanalyzed now. Yeah. Okay. That's um, there you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Word. <laughs> it's uh, the resources that are available and the time and experience that some of these guys are, are being educated with is the advantage now as compared to when we were growing up. Um, I mean, I had some great coaches for sure. Um, my dad was a huge role model with me in my career. Um, I feel he gave me all the opportunities or, or basically laid everything out, whether I listened or did it all. Um, that's another story, but the, um, now, it's so there's so much attention on it and and there's there's a lot of i don't not to bash parents or anything but if you didn't play the game or something or you don't really have you're not familiar with it then it's a lot of information that's being tossed at these kids at a young age oh man a a ton and some of them are just too over the top with it like i mean you want to at this age, they should be going to the rink and watching and enjoying it and, and having fun um, while they're at home and, and still able to be this close with their, their kid. Um, 
and overanalyzing and, and advisors and, and all these situations are playing factors. But at the same time, it kind of like, it, it's kind of a distraction, you know, as a player, I know, you know, if your coach is telling you one thing and then your advisor's telling you something different, a junior team's telling you something different and you don't know which way's up. Uh, okay. It'd be a lot for a kid at that age too. And, and then kids around you are getting college commitments at a young age and getting drafted. Um, it just like tears some, some kids up because for years they're like, we have to get drafted or this is our draft year in a couple of years. And this is it. If you don't get drafted, um, which isn't the situation. I mean, there, there's a different path for every player, uh, 100%. So to kind of like give and take or to cut that off, I mean, it's just, it's, it's tough because there are so many resources and there's, there's a lot more out there for them to utilize. Um, but there's also no rush to get to where they want to go, if that makes sense. So if they can just find that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's tough with social media too, you know, and I don't know, I don't know what age group you're, you're coaching right now, but at any age people are having social media. Now they get on, they go to practice, they're playing a game. They, you know, they, they have two goals or whatever they get on social media and they see the the guy that just had no goals that they played against is, uh, is committed somewhere. And you're like, what, what the hell? You know, so I can, I can definitely see how that plays a part in it. And you know, they're kids like mental. Yeah, I have 04s right now, birth year 04s. Okay. Yeah, yeah they're right there then. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a Most tough guys, age. That's super tough age. For the last two and a half years, I guess I've been with uh, a handful of these guys, if not more. And, you know, you see the changes and you see the stuff with social media. And and my job, part of it is to educate them on that too. Like, guys, don't don't get caught up in this stuff or don't get caught up in what everyone else is doing because you're, you're not the same. Like you guys are all different. It's not, don't wake up and, and your day be based on how many likes or messages you got on Snapchat or yeah. Instagram. Like, yeah. It, it, it's not good I, I was, I, and that's what, kind of what I was going to bring up. Like, first of all, it must be pretty cool to, to coach the team that you used to play for, you know, back in the day. But like, what's the biggest transition, I guess, from, you know, being a player to a coach, there's so much more, like, you're not just worrying about your own, like yourself, you got to worry about the, the entire team as well. So like, what's the biggest change that you had to make from a player mindset to coaching? Yeah, that's a, uh, actually a great question. It's uh it's a very different transition. Um, but the type of changes are things that, I mean, the hardest part is you're, you're watching, you know, five or, 10 guys as opposed to one or the puck and just enjoying the game kind of side of it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you pick out those little details or you see those little things. And and I think over the time or as the past two and a half years have gone by, you know, I notice more, I'm I'm able to uh, break down a little bit more or individualize certain scenarios with certain situations with certain players. Um, so I guess the the playing, I mean, it's great as far as being involved and being there and going to the rink and putting together a plan. That's all the different side of it for me, you know, going to the rink a little early and I'm not necessarily chatting with the boys, taping up a few sticks. Um, I do it, but I'm also, it's, it's just kind of like, what's, what's, do we need to focus on today or what can we yeah. emphasize, um, you know, to get the most out of the day. So, I mean, practice planning and then, the game stuff. Now there's, there's video as well, which has been 
uh, headache this year. We've only had one or two sessions because of just availability and moving around rinks and, yeah. and things of that sort. So um, the behind the scenes stuff like coaching, going to the rink and, and being a part of that and, and the competing side and, and seeing these guys take that step has been rewarding and, and a lot of fun. Um, you know, the, the side that's not so fun is, is honestly the, the other stuff away from the rink that's, you know, worried about where you're going to be in two years or things of that sort. Yeah. You know, take your time. You know, I, I can only say, can I give you the advice that you know, I left at 16 and everybody's past different Would I have stayed home looking back. Yeah. But, um, you know, enjoy that like that. The off ice part is, is a little less appetizing for the coaching side, I guess, but yeah, uh, yeah. it's all good. And I mean, it's, it's all, you know, stuff that people don't know and, and things that I guess I've been through or know somebody who's been through. So I'm fortunate on that side. For sure. So, for sure. I, oh, go ahead, Tyler. Oh, no, I, I actually was going to tie this into you, Connor. So Connor, Connor won a national championship and we talked a little bit about how that's just on a new level. Um, cause winning States is cool, but being the best in the nation is obviously something much different. So you had an opportunity to be a part of that, uh, you know, behind the bench. So, Walk us through that. Where where was it at? What was the tournament like? And yeah, just describe it. Okay. Um, well, I had a chance as a player with Caesars a few times. Uh, a lot of finalists, but um, <laughs> still good. This was kind of a unique situation. I wasn't sure if I was going to play my last year uh, in Europe, and I wanted to. We just got married. I, I figured, you know, one more um, little stint over there, and and. Uh, see what happens. But, uh, I stayed home for, I want to say the first couple months and I was coaching with the O fours and it was kind of back and forth. You know what? I'm really enjoying my time here. I'm really, we had a good group, um, winning a lot of games and that's always fun, but, uh, something came up in France and, and ended up leaving. I think I want to say mid October or beginning of November. And, Trying things out there it was a great spot. I, I enjoyed it. It was all unbelievable experience. Don't regret any of that. Um, but there was a time where I, I could I came home and it was there's maybe three games left. We had some time off, so I was coming home for the week. Um, it was my wife's birthday, and it was just another flight and in, in the contract. So came home, but. It was uh, it was a tough year. I think we only had two wins out of the twenty two games I was there. Um, Dang, guys like the Red was, Wings, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something similar. Um, so I came home and I had a situation here where my my dog's back two legs went paralyzed and, and some unfortunate oh, things. Happened. So um, I kind of had to make a decision, and and I'm glad I did. And uh, things worked out, so I ended up staying home. And jumping back on with the 04 team there mid-February. So we had a good two and a half months left. So was there for the good chunk at the beginning and then um, the last chunk, obviously. And uh, I want to say we won the last 22 games straight. Whoa. <laughs> so it's pretty damn um, good. <laughs> yeah, that, it was a lot of fun. Um, obviously, beyond that side of it. And, and the, the Nationals were in Pittsburgh. Um, and, and there was, I, th- I think two goals or three goals was the closest game that we had. And 
that weekend. So that's fun. <laughs> yeah, like, that's fun, right? For sure. And, and uh, then I took over that team. I think it was in January when I decided I was going to take it over. So there's kind of a lot of moving parts in that too. That was when they changed. There was a rule change for age group. Um, the 04s, the 15s, a lot of them were going to go play 16s. So with that said, the previous coach, Brian Felsner, um, didn't want to be at the 15 level um, and was moving on. So I was approached to take the team and, you know, he persuaded me to take it as well. So it'd be a good start and things of that nature. So that's kind of when I decided that I was done or not going to play anymore. Um, and then started, like I was on the phone when I was in France uh, getting phone calls from parents and, and just right away, right in January, I heard you're taking over the team and I would get the whole resume life story from the past four years. And, and then they, they would, I mean, honestly, look for a commitment at the end of the conversation. Jeez. And, and I mean, I, I was, I got to see guys, I got to, you know, interact and, and get a feel for a person's character. Wait, and, the word of mouth from their their mother is not good enough to have. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're yeah. just pumping their kids' tires, and you're like, "Yeah, but I still need to see them." Yeah, Johnny had six goals in practice last night. He exactly. <laughs> was on the pond, but <laughs> that was tough. That was tough. So, oh, um, and then I, I was asked questions that I mean, I I couldn't really answer. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, two kids. About me as a player and, and things of that sort. It's just I don't know. That's that's a tough question. Yeah. Oh so. man, man. Well, I I wanted to transition a, a, away from coaching a bit. I mean, so you started off. Well, actually, going right into juniors, if that's all right. I mean, I see yeah. started off in the in the NA and and I guess as a, a fellow null star myself, myself, I'm everybody's kind of got their own path getting into that league. I'd say, and maybe it was a little bit different back when when you were there. Um, as the NA was probably maybe, I don't know, was that the, was that the top league at that point or was it kind of combined with the, it wasn't far behind the USHL. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so it looks like you started at at Youngstown, which is now a USHL team, but how'd you get there? Were you, were you drafted there? You go out to one of the open camps there in the summer or how'd you land there? Yeah. So, um, I was actually going into my junior year of high school and I played, my sophomore year, I played up and played midget majors as a 15-year-old. Had a good year and was invited to that camp. Bob Mainhart was a coach. Um, Bill Cirillo was my coach at Caesars. And there was a few guys, Michigan local kids, Evan Case, Anthony Cirillo. Um, I'm probably forgetting a couple names off the top of my head, but that were on that team. And, you know, I made that team. I came back and, and kind of made the decision. Well, yeah, you know, at the time, I'm like, this is this is awesome. I'm going, I'm living away from home. I'm 16. I'm going to be on my own. You know, like thinking it's the greatest thing ever. Um, but I, I struggled that year uh, a lot, actually. It was uh, in school and uh, living away from home. It, it was just a tough year, I think, maturity-wise and just being ready in general. Yeah, yeah, because it's um, what, like four hours away? Yeah, it was four hours from home, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's Youngstown yeah. too. So, and it was Youngstown. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I didn't realize it until I went back a few weeks ago. But man, that that is tough, tough place to live. Yeah, it's hard living. Yes, yes. Sorry, it's not happening in town, guys. 
It was <laughs> in like the 40s. No, I, I don't know. I just didn't see it. I drove around. And, uh, I don't know. But that was tough. And, but I had a pretty good year as far as points. I don't remember exactly. I think it was like half and half. Um, yeah, 27 points in 43 games looks like. That's, yeah. Uh, as at, at what, 16 years old? I mean, it's not, yeah. not too bad. I mean, I was just, <laughs> an all-star status, baby. That is an all-star status. I mean, anybody in the NA is an all-star. Stop you right there, Tyler. <laughs> So I, uh, from there, I got approached um, by a few USHL teams, and like Lincoln was one of them. And I was like, "Wow, looked at this place. This is unbelievable." And everything I heard was, "Well, this is a great place to play juniors." Um, so they basically said, "Anybody that reaches out, tell them you're going back to Youngstown, and they won't draft you." So there you go. I did that, and they drafted me, and pretty much Youngstown packed my bags for me. And I, I was out on the road again. So was that a facade and they just wanted you to, to get out of there? Or what was that? Um, I don't know. I, I think it was like, I just wanted, uh, they were like, you get drafted in a better league. Like they, they, they didn't think they're like, the US better. they're like, the, the North American league is just as good. Da, da, da. So yeah. when somebody was drafted, it was kind of like a jab or they didn't want, it, it was starting to be where, you know, that was where you wanted to be. Those were the, people that were moving on or, or getting was, was the development program still in the na at that point or no yes okay and that was kind of like for me anyway just mentally i'm like wherever the development program is that's kind of yeah i thought that yeah. was kind of the better league at that point and, and just me historical wise i mean when i played in the na they it was in the ushl and they kind of play whatever games they want to play in but yeah 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 so that was different um and, and that was a tough time i guess for me as a player, young again, going into a new school is my fourth high school, four years. Um, oh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> so that was a huge adjustment. And we were basically celebrities in the town. So again, I don't know if I was ready for that, for that to take that on as a 17-year-old. Um, and I, I had some guys there. that I think there was like five or six guys drafted in the NHL on that team. That year, I think Crosby was on that roster going into the season. Um, but that was his first year at Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. Ever heard of the guy? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was a super exciting time. But, again, I just kind of went into a funk and struggled in school again and um, was playing every other game and things of that nature. So Cleveland was a North American League team close to home that was going into the, North, or the USHL the following year. So they reached out and, hey, we'll play every game, you know, kind of sell you on whatever they do to get you there. And uh, ended up moving there halfway through my senior year. So it was high school five in Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> Beautiful. So tell the the uh, the listeners a little bit. I mean, when you're playing juniors and still in high school, I mean, it typically – for me, anyway, it was we, for some reason we had two a days like literally every single day. So the the high schoolers wouldn't practice at morning skate, and they would join the team for their like early afternoon skate. Was that similar? Like you know, because you you can't go to all you're traveling a lot. You can't you don't right. you don't go to high school every day. You're kind of working through the classes you're able to attend and taking homework on the road. I mean that that's hard stuff. I never did it, but I just you know the people on my team that was tough. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so every school, I think it back, it was all different. So Youngstown, um, 
I kind of was like, all right, I'm leaving home. I'm going to be, you know, school is going to know you play here, you, you know, the, use, use your, uh, your name or your team or whatever to uh, help you in school or you're struggling. So Youngstown, we actually went to school till two or two 30 and then we we're on the ice at three 15. So I, I had like 20 minutes to get dressed there each day coming from school and full eight hour day. Yeah. Meanwhile, the vets have been there since like, Oh yeah. Having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Ping pong, messing with yeah. your equipment, doing something. Yeah. <laughs> messing with um, your equipment. Yeah. <laughs> and then Lincoln was unbelievable. I went to school from seven 45 to 1130. Oh, nice. And that was because of the hockey team and, um, their tie into the community. Um, so I don't know how, but, you know, my first question is, is everything NCAA yeah. clearing house? Is it all eligible or, or am I good to go with being at school for four hours a day? Said, yeah, everything's good. No problem. So, yep, ship, ship. <laughs> that was awesome. I mean, four hours of PE credit. Teachers would know like when we go on the road and, and like, Hey, if you need another day to turn that in, I know you guys were traveling late like I, I wouldn't even go on a trip and i'd be like yeah all right i'll turn next week <laughs> yeah it's been really rough <laughs> sure Long ride just watch the game it's yeah. like I've, been, I've been healthy for the past five games but yeah, yeah. i could use an extra day <laughs> yeah, got a broken arm uh, i haven't played uh, but then i went to westlake for my last stop and i was in school till like 3 45 p.m which was a drag um, <laughs> especially not going to a full day of school for quite a while. Yeah. So I was in that little routine and then switched back into the f- full load. And that was a bummer, but got through it. I, I don't think I walked at that graduation, but I did graduate. <laughs> um, and then finding a time to pass the ACTs during all that was uh, also a challenge during the junior career. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, because you're so, doing that. Yeah, while you're traveling on the, you know, and and I, uh, Tyler and Dustin will always say this. I mean, I I like the the road trips, right? But your <laughs> road trips are a huge part of your life playing juniors. I mean, you that's what you plan. It is your, your life. You plan your your month, literally your month around when you're going to be on the bus and when you're not going to be on the bus. So yeah, just trying to fit all those little extra extra curricular activities in there stuff. Absolutely, and even if you're a guy in school where you had wandering eyes, uh, most. Most of the tests are at the end of the week, so you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> because you're on the road. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Now it's all virtual or online. You probably just Google the answers. <laughs> yeah, the bus needs Wi-Fi for that though. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you right now, we did not in the null, my team anyway, have any bus that would get close to Wi-Fi. Connor, Connor's bus had everything but Wi-Fi. They they lived the high life there. Yeah, it was the Flintstone bus, you know. Pack your legs. <laughs> Get a running. Wi Fi was my best friend when I left the the United States. I literally, you couldn't do anything in Europe without Wi Fi. Really? Yeah. I mean, as a person that hasn't gone there, you have to. uh, We were skipping ahead a little bit. I mean, obviously, we want to talk about Western there, but uh, I don't know, Tyler and Dustin, you want to get into Europe or you want to talk about Western? Let's talk about Western. That was was the best time. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tyler, Tyler wants to get into Western. He he can't live without it. Oh yeah, he had to, he had to move closer. He had to move to the west side of the state. Well, I did. I oh, moved to GR. Hold on. I, I, I had one question. I had one question before we transitioned. So, in in oh five oh six, that was your senior year, Derek. Of high school, yes. Yeah. So in oh six oh seven, your penalty minutes went up exponentially. Is that because 
you're graduating, you decide to start fighting or? Good question. I'm just kind of curious, kind of uh, curious on that one. That is a good question. Um, Billy Badass as a senior. Yeah, maybe I maybe I lost a little patience when I graduated. I was, I'm tired of this shit. To nine years like, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, if I'm not going to make it, uh, if I'm not going to get a scholarship, I, I might as well just start fighting. I don't know. There you go. Well, there you go. Got to take out that aggression on someone. Some yeah. poor rookie. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh man! All right, now we can get now we can get into Western. Sorry, I was I just saw that stat and I was just like, that's a good question. It keeps going up. I don't know. Maybe I should look back into that. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll yeah. get to Europe. I was going to say, yeah, the pim. That's not that's not the high point. Ninety three pims is not the uh, the high point on the stat sheet. That is not the high. No. <laughs> <laughs> but Tyler, I'll give you the honors for the first Western question. I mean, obviously, you've gone there. You know the bars. You know the scene. Take it away. Well, first off, I just I'm I'm curious as to the road to Western, like what led you to, to, I mean, were there other colleges involved, other scouts? Like how did you end up at Western? Got to be the visit, right? <laughs> go, go to Western. And you're like, yep. Where do I sign? <laughs> oh, Western is so crazily different. Um, this one's actually pretty unique uh, in its own way. So I had a lot, a lot of letters coming in at a young age. Um, the program kind of in the talks for a bit and, you know, filling out those and, and kind of having that confidence and cockiness, I guess, at a young age was, <laughs> was maybe not the best thing. So I, I, that, those 93 pins. Yeah, that's where it came from for sure. <laughs> uh, so I had, a, I had like some off white stuff where you know, school and, and just, I guess not being, mature is the best way to put it um and that kind of like altered things and and maybe made some people you know step back a little bit or not so sure so having to play an extra additional two years after high school i'd say was all self-inflicted um but i was kind of to the point where i went to lunch with penn state which is now a division one team which yeah. was a solid powerhouse club team then. And Arizona State. I literally went to lunch with both these guys probably a month into my last year. Wow. Yes, you would have been sick. <sighs> captain, you'll be a captain freshman year. <laughs> like Run the school. Did, yeah. did I mention yeah. the son and the ladies? <laughs> did I mention everything's a pool party? Yeah, for, girl. <laughs> um, yeah, so. How are you going to fit class into that? <laughs> exactly. That was <laughs> I might have thought about that for a minute, but um, so I just, you know, I, I kept in contact with those guys and I had, um, you know, Holy Cross and Bentley and a couple other schools kind of reaching out along the way. And, and then I think it was like January, February into the season when Westerners, Chris Brooks reached out and, you know, we're interested. We're going to watch you next week. We're interested um, a couple weeks passed by. They came again. They called me after a game. We were in Des Moines and <clears throat> basically said, you know, we've, we've got this on the table for you. Um, it was a Friday night, Saturday night. I had one more game on the road trip. And he said, we've got the same offer out for another player. And he's going to let us know by Tuesday. So basically. Oh, putting the pressure on. First come, first serve. Yeah. Little squeeze. Um, it's a sales tactic. Yeah, sure was. Yeah, uh, 
here I am, honestly, Western, I didn't even know that what league they were in. Like I, I CCHA, I was like, oh, I look them up after we got or first initially talked. Yeah. They play with U of M and MSU. Let's go. Yeah. I'm like, this is the, the league I grew up watching. Are you kidding me? Like I, I remember saying, Dad, Western's got a hockey team. Like, <laughs> I mean, they were they were struggling uh, at the time for sure. Oh yeah. And you know, for me, it's like, well, I don't care if they're in last place. Like I'm. This is two hours from home. This is a no-brainer, CCHA. This is what I've been trying to play in. Um, absolutely. So, caught, made a couple calls and ended up calling them back at like 2.30 in the morning, Friday night, <laughs> after we, we had the game. So, I'm always up until like 3. I can't sleep. And uh, and I called them. I said, I want to be Bronco. I was like, whoa. That was, that was quick. Awesome. <laughs> We're happy to have you. Da-da-da. And um, just kind of looked forward to that. So I didn't even have the visit. I never even got to experience uh, any visits or on-campus mm, activities wow. like that. So I was kind of shorted on that end. Yeah, I'm sure you got more than your fair share when you were there, though. Yeah, we made up for it. For yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah within like, in Welcome Week, it was it was quickly made up for. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep. Man. And so, all right, I I, I have to preface by saying this. I am not the biggest fan of Blashill, but I know you played for him. So I'm I'm gonna let you kind of try to, you know, prove me wrong or, or at least tell me something that that is hopeful about this guy. But I mean, I, I understand I have to preface this by saying I understand it's it's a shitty team that that you know he's leading. Um, but I know that he's at, had success everywhere he's been. I'm just curious, <clears throat> what was he like? from a player who actually played for him. Describe Blashill. Okay. All right. Well, before that, you know, uh, the previous two years before Blashill, mm-hmm. um, we, we had a great coach, Jim Colhane. Um, great guy, I should say. And, and we just struggled as a team. We had, we had good players, right? Um, but we weren't piecing it together for whatever reason, uh, whether it's personnel in the last minute or, or whatever you call it. Um, it wasn't gelling. So Blash came in, uh, I think we lost five seniors when Blash came in and he was only able to bring in, I want to say four players, um, two were previous commits and two were his one being Shane Birschbach and the other being Chase Ballacy, two very good hockey players. Ballacy's uh, got some hands, dude. Who, yeah, had very successful careers at Western. Um, so he came in with that and pretty much the same group. Um, and just kind of set the tone for us and just set the expectations extremely high. Um, and he didn't, he didn't really kind of budge on, on certain things, which maybe guys were used to before, but it was kind of like right away he had everybody's attention because I think for one, we were sick and tired of losing as a group. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all saw the potential of, how unreal that campus and hockey school it, it could be. Um, so we just bought in as well. Like as soon as it was a new look, it was kind of a new attitude for everybody. Um, so his preparation with that and, and everything was, was second to none. He, he knew what he needed from us. You know, he was successful at Miami. He was successful at all of his stops um, before Western and, you know, here and he won the USHL first year in it, things of that sort. Um, that's not just luck. Right. Yeah. So 
Um, he knows he knows the game. He's very smart. Um, and just kind of getting the most from each player, I think, is, is what he did like immediately. Um, and as a college player, I mean, you're you're dangling from whatever your coaches say. Um, you know, you're going to do it. I mean, there, there's no the authority or the, what they can do or kind of their power on that side of things is a little ridiculous, but um, we all did it because we wanted to win and we, we started winning early and we were starting to be ranked never ranked before, never you know been in the poll for this long or whatever it was, just things were all happening. That was pretty electric on campus. And um, you know, he did a great job. First Weiler did a great job. Um, and I mean, everyone down the staff was great with the new guys. And then the thing that was kind of sour, um, in my mouth, there's a volunteer coach, uh, that helped out as well. And, um, basically the staff said, all right, we're bringing in 10 freshmen for next year. So there, that would have been Blaschel's second year at Western. Yeah. Um, And, you know, taking some scholarship money from guys, myself being, one of them included um, to f- fill these 10 spots. So that all happened. The conversation goes down and, Hey, we're going to, you know, take a little bit from here because of this or that. And, and that's just what we're going to do. Okay. So here I am. We had a good year. We, we, we made it to CCHA. We made it to the NCAA um, tournament. Like first time, like we're, we're the seniors. This is our year, right? Well, two weeks after he took the job or a week after he took the job with Detroit, that volunteer coach then said, Hey, just so you know, like you guys weren't going to play like next year, you were like healthy for the year what? to better the program or whatever it was to rebuild the program. I should say, cause can't say better because we won a championship. Um, but, um, <laughs> drop and, uh, he, he said that and told us that. And we were like, wow, man, really? Like, he's like, yeah, I mean, he just had his mind made up. We're going to rebuild. And and this is what we're going to do. Whether it happened or was going to happen, never played out. I would like to say that, you know, I would have grind, grinded through and found a way in the lineup, but um, it was just kind of an eye opener. And then Murray coming in and telling us or our captain Ian Slater that, you know, he's a rookie this year because he's never coached college hockey. (laughs) <laughs> it's like, Jeez. wait a minute, you're 15 years in NHL gold medals. Um, but Hey, we'll take it if you want to be a rookie. So he kind of took, it was give and take, which was good that year. And, and, you know, when guys need some time off or whatever it was, we needed a Saturday of just hanging out on Lafayette. Then, you know, he's kind of acceptable to that. Um, yeah. and, and that was a lot of fun. So, from Blash, I'm, I'm changing gears. He, he definitely changed the culture there and, you know, got some great players in there. And, and He was a players coach from, from, from what yeah. I'm hearing, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. And, I mean, not bashing any of those guys in Detroit. I mean, it's tough. It's a tough situation right now. Yeah. You just – you need the pieces. You need all the right pieces. You know, mm-hmm. it's not about having the best guys. And, and Derek, maybe maybe you can kind of see through a different lens now that you're a coach too. Do you think that he's maybe – struggling a bit with managing some egos i mean yeah that's the thing i mean you're in college you're coaching college you have them players you have them 
by the balls, you could say. Yeah. A lot of say that. Um, and oh, yeah, you could say anything you want. <laughs> that's, <laughs> I mean, that's a huge advantage on the coaching side. There's no, no question. Um, now you get to the NHL, and this is the most elite league in, in the world. Um, guys are making three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars every two weeks. I mean, yeah, and, and they know they're good, and, and they know, like, I mean, all their stuff's blasted all over everywhere, and you know, that's all they do is, is kind of look at that stuff. It's their job, right? So I think it's, it'd be a lot harder to, to maintain that or, um, I guess, to, yeah, control the egos or, or even, you know, if you want to be stern or you want, like, you can't, accountability it has to come within the players and, and the personnel that, you know, you have on the team, right? So if you can sit a guy who's making whatever million dollars and he's going to wake up, then, yeah, okay, if you have that attention and respect from the coach, um, that's one thing. But firing Blashill is not going to be the answer, I don't think, in this situation. We should stop, grill- we should stop grilling him then. I mean, no, you can grill him. I mean, but just saying, like, if, okay, play out a situation, if they, if they do fire him and they bring in somebody who's, you know, a hard-nosed or old-school guy and, you're going to have kind of the same response. Like there's going to be players that don't respond to that. There's going to be players that don't fit with that. And sure. I mean, I think he's probably the most reasonable or I'm sure he's lost his shit a few times, but um, most reasonable and logical with, uh, you know, where they are, where, where they're trying to go um, and being patient with finding those pieces. Cause it's not easy. You know, you're not, you can't just make a call and get Sidney Crosby or, McDavid on on the squad. So those little things, Detroit has to do it differently. Kind of like old school, you know, you don't have as much or you don't have a, a superstar. Um, you just got to kind of grit through things and, and be patient to find that guy. I think, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm no expert, but that's just kind of what I've seen. I'm still waiting people. for my call up, but you know, <laughs> so yeah, well, me too. One, real quick, Dustin, before I still on Blashell, because I want to know, if, I think for a lot of fans, you just never know what happens in the locker room, and I still think that we won't know because we're not there. But I'm assuming that his personality has been relatively the same. I mean, is he a, a big rah-rah guy, or how does he get people, like in the locker room, is he calling people out, or is he kind of like, hey, you, you guys know what to do, just do it? I wouldn't say he's a rah-rah, um, very – detailed so i mean he's going to lay out everything they need to do or everything they do and, and what it takes to kind of overcome what they're doing or, or i guess balance things out and and educate you on that side of things so not going to come in screaming i'm sure he has though um over the years i mean the stress levels it, it's a whole nother thing or a whole nother level for him um being where he is and, and stepping in to fill the shoes that he's he's trying to fill in this this hockey mecca. Um, so it's tough for him, but I wouldn't say he's, you know, screaming and yelling. I'm sure he has, uh, all coaches have, I think that boiling point. Um, if not, then I don't know, maybe they didn't play the game. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, he's, he's, uh, I can only imagine what, uh, some of his, his conversations are like, but, I'm I'm available too. So if he, if he's listening, uh, <laughs> a couple week tryout. He probably isn't. We 
We and and by we I mean me. I I shit on him a lot, so I guarantee he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> if he does listen, he's probably not gonna want to do anything. He just with he just went off the list there. You were on next to call, but now that you came on yeah. here, he's, uh, I think he's I think he's actually sitting outside my house right now, <laughs> eyeing you, yeah. you know, but sizing yeah. me up. <laughs> yeah. Well, Derek, I, I could give you some other Blasio stories, but I don't know about on here. So. Fair, fair. <laughs> um, up north. <laughs> so transitioning from Blashill back to kind of Western, you played with, you know, Danny DeKaiser and Luke Witowski. Can you talk about them a little bit? How I was playing with them? Do, do you think they're going to be NHL players when you played with them or how they look? Oh man. Um, we had some great players. Uh, I think five of them, six D my senior year are playing in the NHL now. Um, oh wow. It's nuts. So who was the goalie? Because I mean, I could have been. Goalie. Did you ever get shot on? Goalie, my senior year was a freshman. Came in was a stud. I was like, this kid's playing for sure. Um, his name was Frank Slabowski, the big Slabowski. We call <laughs> that is so great. Perfect. Um, yes, but he came from where did he come from? It was a small town. I want to say Prince R- Rupert. Oh, okay. Prince PR. Yeah. So. He didn't have a stoplight in town, so he was like letting a, a caged animal out um, into the off ice world. But hockey wise, after we left, I, I don't know what happened to him. He just never really found that same groove he was in his freshman year. But he he stood on his head. He was you know number one on Sports Center, I think, at the CCHA finals. Um, unbelievable. But our D were strong. Going back to Danny. And Luke, Matt Tennyson, Jordan Osterley, Garrett Haar was a, probably the most talented player on the team. Is the only one who's not in the NHL now. Um, Jeez, they, they were they were fun to practice against. <laughs> um, but the fun part, you know, Danny, like all of a sudden, you know, we didn't have anybody at practices or anything like that. Obviously, the first couple of years, we I mean, we had the lunatics; they were there always. Um, but oh yeah, baby. We we didn't make that much noise till my junior year where we were really getting attention and getting some exposure because we were winning games. Um, and then Danny was there and that was like a whole nother thing. Like the, the talks and chatter um, about him were like nonstop. So I'd, all of a sudden we'd look in the stands and there's Brian Burke or there's a guy in a suit and tie. I didn't know who it was at the time, right? Guy in a suit and tie comes down, talks to us about Toronto Maple Leafs and, and their organization and everything and what it takes to get to the next level. And all these different like speakers were coming in, I'm thinking, and they're all, they're all coming to see Danny and then take him to dinner afterwards or take him out. <laughs> to the fan hey, I'm in college too. I could use a dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like there, he, I think there was 28 teams talking to him one year and, um, oh, that's good. Up, yeah. So, I mean, he's a special player. Um, Everyone but the Red Wings. <laughs> struggling right now. It's just a tough situation. Obviously, he hadn't played the game in 18 months or 17 months with coming off back. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, that, that was unfortunate. Be, I mean, he, yeah. he's clearly a, an NHL player. It's not like – I mean, he doesn't look out of place at all. He, if anything, he, he clearly makes the, the back end much better. So it's unfortunate where he's at right now. I mean, I just remember seeing him the first time put on the wing wheel. I was like, 
this guy skates like the wind, you know, that yeah, huge skater. guy. It's like a great skater guy, like nice vision. I'm, it's a good shutdown Deke too. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. You know, still am excited for him. Hopefully he stays. And um, obviously there's so many things that go on with, with contractual stuff in the NHL and all that, all those different things, especially when you're on the, the worst team in the league. It's like, what yeah. do you want to do? So anyway, that, you know, that's awesome. They got to team in practice. Cause I feel like that's where the guys really show their skills. You know, they don't do it in a game there. Yeah. The, the business side of it sucks, but the hockey side, yeah, they, they were, they were great, great teammates. Um, Witter too. Uh, another, I don't know how he's not a every day or in the NHL. He's, you know, a great locker room guy. Great. His work ethic and, and conditioning is <laughs> through the roof um never seen anything like it freaking nature um but those two guys actually live on down the street from me they both live within two mile radius in the oh, same no kidding. you guys are best so friends then? <laughs> yeah so it's pretty cool we have some fun in the, the summer on the water um and try and get the broncos together as much as possible so we got about 10 in the area here oh nice. man that's, that's awesome yeah it's it's you trying to recreate the old uh the times at the bin huh yeah, the bin. See, so Blash came in, going back to that. He comes in and says, there's no more sin bin, by the way. Take that down. Oh, no. Fun so police. I am like, Dude, no way. We're not painting our house. We're not taking this down. Like, no. No, that's not happening. It's just like, not happening. Yes, this is our house. Does he pay rent? <laughs> no. I'd, I'd rather not go to hockey practice than take so- it. <laughs> Yeah. Derek's so like, I will one, fight you, Blash. <laughs> one of my roommates, I'll leave his name out, but he was like super paranoid and like tweaking out. And he literally painted <laughs> Sin and put the bin one day. He painted <laughs> Sin and, and put the because he didn't want to get in trouble. So, oh man. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, he didn't like the Sin bin because we were known for having a good time, which you can't blame us. It is Western after all. Yep. So, but, yep. uh, Man, Derek, we we've almost taken a an hour of your time, and I know you guys you have a, a game later tonight. So, and we haven't even scratched the surface with uh, playing at Red Wings camps or Europe. So, uh, if it's cool with you, we're gonna have you back on for uh, for part two um, if you're available, you know, next week or something. Yeah, for but, sure. Oh, good. dude. We we were just texting in the group. We were like, man, we haven't even scratched the surface and it's already been a quick hour. <laughs> so, but man, we can't thank you enough for coming on. And uh, who do you guys play tonight? We got, uh, man, you just. Oh, Seacoast. I Seacoast. Sorry, Seacoast. Sorry, everything's changed your last minute. We'll, we'll cut out that delay. It'll sound good. <laughs> we play Seacoast. Um, yeah. It'll be a good game. And, and then we play them against Sunday. And. I got my little man's first birthday tomorrow. So, hell ooh, yeah, man. Birthday. Birthday. Yeah. Okay, well, congrats on that. That'll be fun. And, uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on. That's, that's been great. Excited to talk about some, some Europe hockey. It's a little different than here, I would imagine. So, I'm, I'm excited to hear some of those stories. Oh, yeah. And, Derek, you'll I'm have to give us the, uh, the time. And I was like, wow, I, I could talk another hour about Europe. Call the fellas and tell them they can do they can do just fine without you. <laughs> <laughs> just roll the lines, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Shot rolls another W. Sorry, guys, I got the sniffles. I won't be there tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but man, thank right, you guys, so much. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it, and we'll uh, we'll get in touch or figure out a time for next week and go. Yes, from there. sir. Absolutely, man. Thank you. All right.
Have a good weekend. Yeah, you too, man. See you guys. You done goofed. Thanks, Derek, for coming on. Sorry we had to cut you short, but you had too many stories. But uh, that's good. So now we have a lot of content. Connor, Tyler, what do you guys think? It was fantastic. I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready for part two already. Oh yeah. Oh, luckily, we, luckily we have that recorded too, so it's 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 happening. We're going to get that out soon. Right. Um, we just don't know when. So I was actually messaging him the other day because he got tickets to the Red Wings game, um, <clears throat> and uh, apparently he just messaged Draper like it was nothing. So yeah. Not hey, hey, Drapes, you want to give me some tickets? You know, like right. Hey, hey buddy. Yeah. Hey, what's up, bud? Long time yeah. no see. I mm-hmm. came over last week. I left my phone there, but I was seeing if I could get some tickets for the night's game. Yeah. Uh, must be no. nice. <laughs> no, but uh, I'm super excited. I, I, I've already talked to him. We're going to have to get him on for another a part three, if you will, just because he literally has so many stories. I don't even think we scratched the surface, boys. Oh, yeah. No, he, no, he, he definitely has a lot more. Um, I, I think that, you know, when you know how sometimes when uh, when people come on, they always they always like message us later with like, Oh, I should have told this story. So um, yeah, we could always have someone on again. I mean, I, I love talking with Derek. I mean, he's just, he's uh he's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to hockey. He grew up, uh, you know, playing for Caesars and, you know, he's, he's just a, a good, good homegrown hockey guy nice. from the mitten. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, speaking of that, we, we are going to have a couple, uh, guests that we've had on a couple people have reached out that we've had on the past. So those will be coming up sometime in the future. Sweet. Not sure when, um, but once, like I did last time, uh, what we'll do is some of those people that are coming back on, we'll see if you guys have any questions for them, the listeners, so we can ask those to those specific people. Yeah, Good absolutely. Idea. Idea. And then, um, also guys, I think that we should kind of, kind of put this out there uh, we are definitely looking for, we, we want to, we want to keep expanding and we appreciate anyone who's listening and, and anybody who's sharing this with a friend, uh, who's looking for something new to listen to, or, or, you know, they're, they're just as frustrated with the Red Wings as we are. And they just want to hear frustration being, uh, being vented. We appreciate you. And we also would love any suggestions of people that, uh, that you would want to, uh, hear us interview or, uh, even if you have um, friends that are starting a business or something and um, you know, we're, we're still uh, smaller with this podcast and we'd like to grow. We want sponsorships. We want to be able to help out local businesses. We want to be able to do anything that we can. So um, anybody who knows of any other business that is looking for an opportunity, uh, we are all ears. Yeah, absolutely. Well, There's a, before I cut you off, Connor, Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I am cutting you off. Um, there is a link in our bio um, to go to our website and a contact link as far as that goes. If you want to send us some information that way. That'd yes. Be no, I was going to say, yeah, no, good plug. And um, I know you guys are, are wrapping that up, but I did have one one tiny last piece of hockey news that will take 30 seconds if you guys want to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we didn't bring up. You guys already know, I would imagine. But um, there was some some news from a coach that got a new coaching job. He's been yep. the coach in, uh, <laughs> in Detroit, and uh, so Mikey Babcock is now is now rehired. Hey, yeah, <laughs> enrollment just declined from University of Saskatchewan. 
Yeah. After that news. No, the team just folded because everybody just went transferred to a different school, I think. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's, uh, I think, you think that's, it's just him like taking a job and like thinking like, hey, I want to get back out there and and coach again and just a resume type thing. Yeah, just get his beak wet. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I figured that would be interesting. So quick, quick question. Uh, Do you guys feel like you'll see him uh, back in, the NHL because he's still you you know relatively speaking he's somewhat young right he's in his he's in his fifties I mean he's he's not an old guy by any by any stretch but I, th- I um, think that he will you think, I think so this is kind of, I think this is him saying that he wants to be you know and I think that this is possibly him humbling himself and saying hey I'm going to work on some stuff for myself and like hopefully sure. he actually is doing that because I think about. Think about this uh, five years ago. Could you even imagine him taking a job like this? No, yeah, no. Right? I mean, he, like he you're was, on top of the world, <laughs> man. He 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 was uh, cashing checks from from the Leafs that you know he was living the high life, you know, um, and that was just uh, a dumpster yeah. fire. But yeah, that's yeah, that, so that's I, so maybe. And maybe it's him just, you know, humbling himself, saying, hey, I'm going to work on uh, working with the younger folks, working on learning the new ways of coaching with like the new new ways of uh, of learning how to play hockey. Right. You have younger 18 to 24 year olds pretty much in the collegiate level in Canada, especially. We'll we'll Um, see. We'll see if he holds this position. We'll see. Two year (laughs) deal. So stay tuned. I'm going to tune into every Saskatoon game. Saskatchewan. I know. <laughs> Close uh, enough. Anyway, that's it. That's all right, all boys. Let's get the puck out of here and let's watch some hockey. Hopefully, not be postponed. Yes, <laughs> sir. Right, see, see you, you next week. Peace. Right, see you.